Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and with me in the studio is our producer, Aurora. Hello. And today's guest goes by a nom de plume. She wants to remain anonymous for uh, various reasons, and we're honoring that request. She has a blog called Misdiagnoses. And that's plural, not misdiagnosis, misdiagnoses. And so instead of doing a regular bio, we're just going to read what she has on her blog post, her about page. She actually has quite a bit more, but this kind of sums it up. So go ahead and read that segment for us. Okay. I've spent the last few years learning to cope with pain and not dealing with the root causes. Coping with pain takes a lot of time and money. Acupuncture, physical therapy, osteopathy, you name it, I've tried it. I have lots of brain fog, yet I need to research. This is one of the reasons I started this blog. I spent the last few years being too depressed to do anything at all. Now I want to find others who share my illnesses or relate to me and to tell the crazy stories of my life because life with chronic illness is truly crazy. Although I just got a Lyme diagnosis, 2014 was the first year since my low point in 2009 to 2010 that I felt my health was improving. I hope I'm not jinxing things by saying that it's a long, slow road, but I hope I continue to get better. All right, and one of the things that attracted me about uh, her blog was her cartoon. So a while ago, we interviewed Dave Skidmore and his wonderful Lyme cartoons, and Misdiagnoses has a style of her own, and I think uh, adds a little bit of humor to the to the Lyme world. So here's our interview with Misdiagnoses. Hi, very nice to meet you. You too. You too. So one, I have to tell you. So I saw that you followed me on Twitter. So then I clicked over to Twitter. I was like, oh, she's got a blog. Let's check out her blog. So I started at the top of your blog and saw your cartoonist. I love cartoons. And I just started scrolling down. And I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. <laughs> and I just started laughing. I just started laughing. It's like, this. she's really funny. Thank you. You're welcome. So one of my favorite was... uh the hypothyroid Lyme book club cartoon. Oh, yeah. And in it, there's you. I assume that's a, a self-portrait. It, it is, yeah. With a little arrow to your head, and it says, ability to concentrate, non-existent. And then true, there's a pile true. of books, books I need to read to become an informed patient, quote, unquote. And then you've got your iPad or Kindle. Is it Kindle or iPad? It's an iPad, iPad yeah. Yeah, more books on the tablet. And then you got your laptop, websites to read, YouTube videos, and assorted summits to watch. And then... Yeah, it's it's because there are a lot of these... I also have thyroid disease, so there are a lot of these summits. Like there was the Hashimoto's Thyroid Summit, and then there was a Thyroid Summit, and then there was a Gluten Summit. and the Autoimmune Summit. The Autoimmune Summit. Yep. There was that summit. And then, and you know, I, Dr. Um, um, I can say doctor names on this, right? Or, of course. Well, yeah. Okay, Doctor Horowitz. He he spoke on two of them, I think, and mm-hmm. then um, there there were a couple. But the, yeah, there's. It just seems like there's so much information that. Because um, I started my blog last December, mm-hmm. and I didn't actually start writing about Lyme until May, because it just there's just so much information to take in. Yeah. You know, it just. I don't know, and I still feel like that. You know, it's going to be years before I'm that quote-unquote informed patient. 
But I think a lot of the problem is that there's just no Lyme awareness education in New York because I wouldn't have gone five years being misdiagnosed like that <laughs> if there had been, you know. It's funny because you talk to people out west, they say, oh, you're so lucky out on the East Coast because everybody knows about Lyme's disease, Lyme disease, and out here, nobody knows anything. And I said, let me tell you. So tell yeah, me your I mean, story. How long did it, when do you think you got, came down with it? And Well, I had, um, I had, see, I, I don't remember tick bite, so I don't really know. Um, and, um, but about five years ago, I'd had thyroid disease, like, for a really long time, my whole life, practically. But I it had been managed, like, I'd been sort of, not managed, but it had been not doing so terribly, you know. But then five years ago, I just started to feel awful. And, um, and I had a lot of back pain at that point. And mm-hmm. um, I went and I had an MRI and it, it showed I had a couple of herniated discs. I was in grad school at the time. But the no one wanted to do surgery because they were actually pretty small, the herniations. Right. But I was just in, in pain that was, you know, way, way, way out of proportion to what it should have been, mm-hmm. what they thought it should have been. Mm-hmm. And I also had this weird um, knee arthritis <laughs> that did not show up on an MRI right. as anything to write home about. So I kept going to doctors. I First, I went to orthopedists, and then I went to neurologists. And um, they said fibromyalgia, right? And they sent me to this doctor who was a quote-unquote fibromyalgia chronic fatigue specialist. Mm-hmm. So she actually did a Lyme test, not a good test, um, <laughs> but I was—it was a lab core test, mm-hmm. and I had um, on the IgM I was positive for band 39 and band 41. And then she said, um, well, you have a few, you know, an IgG, I didn't have anything at that point. Okay. But I had just been, during that year, I'd been to Martha's Vineyard in Maine. I don't know if I mentioned that. And, um, you know, I, we, it's, we live in an endemic state. I live in Brooklyn, so it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's not as bad as upstate, but it's still New York. Yeah. So um, she said, you have a few little positive markers on the Western blot, but I don't think it's anything to worry about. Uh, okay. And she did nothing. She didn't give me antibiotics. She told me I had fibromyalgia. Right. And um, it made sense because my mother had fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I didn't know what a Western blot was. I didn't know anything about Lyme disease other than the bull. You know, I thought you needed a bullseye rash. Right. (laughs) Well, you kind of do, but you don't often get one, right? Right. So, like, yeah, but half the people don't. Right. So I didn't really know the percentage of people who don't get a bullseye rash, you know, and and who don't remember a tick bite. So even if someone had asked me, um, you know, do you have any recent tick exposures, I wouldn't have known because Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you could not remember a tick bite. Right. You know? Yep. Um, And I, I blame the lack of information for that on the lack of public awareness mm-hmm. for that. So um, so then just for the next, I would say about until like 2013, I just went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And okay, my so name is like a doctor work. a month, a doctor every three months, a doctor a week. Wow. Really? I mean, not a new doctor a week, maybe a new doctor a month. But, but you're, like, wow. 
But then I also had, I started doing acupuncture. So uh-huh. I had, you know, some of them were repeat appointments. Like I was in physical therapy. So that was once a week. And I, you know, had acupuncture once a week. And so acupuncture really helped my knee. Yeah. You're trying to take care of the, the fibromyalgia, the right? Quote, yeah. Because yeah. I thought I had fibromyalgia. Yeah. For, and, you know, and, um, and I, they came up with some weird, di- I mean, really weird diagnosis. Like, I think I was tested for every autoimmune disease. Right. I was tested for lupus. I was tested for Sjogren's. I was tested for, because my, you know, one of my main symptoms was joint pain. Mm-hmm. You know, joint pain, brain fog, and muscle pain, and, um, you know, just really the classic Lyme symptoms. <laughs> Yeah. But none of these, mostly rheumatologists, none of them, and physiatrists, nobody ran a Lyme test. Nobody. It, it's crazy, isn't it? It, it, it really it's is. astounding. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, and um, and I, I remember at one point they tested me for this disease called acromegaly. Wow, what's that? Is, it is um, adult onset gigantism. Oh. I'm, I'm not a giant. I, no, no, it's so weird. I'm not a giant, right? But it's like, just that I. You're not six, I had seven. like, I mean, I'm, I'm tall. I'm five eight, but I just had um, this high levels of this hormone oh, that is okay. associated called IGF one. It's associated with it, mm-hmm. and it was too high, and I had joint pain. So they did an MRI of my brain, and they used that gadolinium stuff. I didn't know that it was dangerous at the time, of course, but um, um, and. Uh, they did. They, you know, I mean, a brain MRI. That's that's kind of costly, right? Yeah, I mean, that's intense. probably costly than treating me with antibiotics, you know. <laughs> um, so it just, I mean, it just said that they went through every possible thing except, right. you know, that that Occam's razor. I'm not sure. Is it the one that's um, the simplest explanation? Is is the it's correct one? Usually, correct. Yep. Yeah, it, it might be Occam's razor, but it, yeah. you know, but but they, there was just there were so many classic Lyme symptoms, and they they just missed. Nobody even thought of Lyme disease. I mean, at one point, someone said, well, maybe you have an autoimmune disease that no one else has because we don't know that much about autoimmune diseases. Yep. So I didn't even have post-treatment Lyme syndrome, whatever they call it, because I was never treated. You were never treated. (laughs) No. I had no treatment. Like, I just had Lyme that was allowed to... Yes, disseminate yeah. through my body because Ugh. the doctor didn't think it was. She thought it was a false positive test. So, how did you finally get the diagnosis? My friend in California, they they actually have better Lyme education out there, I think, because they at least have tick signs, hmm. you know, where she lives. But um, she got diagnosed, and then she started doing a lot of internet research, <laughs> and then she was like, you know. Fibromyalgia is Lyme a lot of the time. Yeah, and I was like, no, be. I don't have Lyme. I don't think I have Lyme. And she's like, didn't you have some test a couple of years ago that was, and I was like, yeah, but the doctor said not to worry about it. She's like, well, do you still have it? And I was like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to deal with it. Right. And she kept bothering me. And finally, I was like, all right, I'll look for it. And then I took it out. And I just remember that moment when it said abnormal positive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. You know, and I just, I just ended up looking for an LLMD at that point. Okay. I actually called up, because I had been seeing an integrative doctor for the fibro at that point, and I had been getting better because she had changed my diet a lot, and she had done, you know, she had gotten me to cut out gluten, and I was on a candida diet, and there was just a lot of, yeah, yeah, just, just some, you know, 
So then she knew a guy that um, was a Lyme doctor. And so I ended up seeing him. So, and he at first, uh, he tested me and I was indeterminate right. for band 41 and that was it. Not mm-hmm. with Igenix, with like Stony Brook or something. And mm-hmm. then, cause he didn't know that I was on disability by that point, but he didn't know that Medicare accepted Igenix. So finally, I was like, why don't you test me with Igenix? And he did. And then I was positive for like 39, 41, 18, something else, something else, you know, and then, then, and a couple of IgG also. So I don't remember offhand which one, but yep. So now it's like, now I've had like my fourth Igenix test. There's like no doubt anymore, but it's just. Do they give you like a punch card for frequent testing? Yeah, they should, right? I should get a free. Uh, well, actually, it is free because Medicare pays for it. But I should get a free. Um, I should get free supplements or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, that should be like a month free supplements for frequent testing. There you so, go. A frequent a frequent testing card. That's uh, so. What um, are you doing for treatment now, or what did you do then, and what so? I'm doing sort of the basics, antibiotics, and those those drops, those herbal drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, a lot of supplements. So just just um, two antibiotics and um, just a ton of supplements, really. And are you rotating the antibiotics, or are they staying the same? Or um, he's um, the I'm rotating them, but not every single month. Okay. So just curious because there's so many different thoughts and different patterns that different doctors use. I'm always curious to see what what people are actually being how they're being treated. He actually, I've been on then this particular combination because he switched me to a different one, um, and I had um, I didn't really react well. Yeah. That might have been the post that you read, <laughs> um, and uh, so he switched me back to the other one and that I was on before, and. Um, I'm doing a little better, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering because I, you know, when I first started taking, cause he gave me a challenge dose right. at first, mm-hmm. just the, before I did the hygienics test. And that was just three months of a low dose one of doc, of low dose doxy. Mm-hmm. Then he retested me. Yeah, and that, that was um, smart. Yeah. And then, then, um, he's pretty good. I mean, he hasn't really figured out my co-infections yet. I will say this, <laughs> which I'm wondering that, but, um, I'm improving, but it's very slow. Is it? So what are your main symptoms now? Are you still got back pain and knee pain? and? Yeah, like just sort of more just joint pain. And the brain fog's actually getting better. That's so, good. And they changed my uh, my thyroid treatment a little bit too. Uh-huh. And he's also treating my adrenal glands. So. Okay. so do you have any energy or? I actually have a lot more energy than I had when I started. Very cool. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, going to be running out and you know, I'm going to be doing something super demanding, but I couldn't even really. Pretty much mainly what I do is go to doctor's appointments, but at least I can get to and from the appointment. Right. Because if you live like, you know, in 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 where I live, like you have to take the subway. Mm-hmm. And for years, I couldn't really take the subway. I would have to take a taxi everywhere, and that was so expensive. Wow, really? You know, because my, my back was so sensitive to vibration that I would feel every yep. little vibration of the subway. Yeah. So I would have to sit in a taxi, and then I would have to have a pillow behind me, and 
it was like I had like, you know, buzzing, like weird neurological buzzing going on yeah. all through my body and uh I don't have that as much anymore. Now I have more pain. Just flat. But up. it's better than pain and buzzing. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like exactly. I had pain, buzzing, brain fog and fatigue and now I have like I still have pain I have but it sort of goes in cycles and I have less fatigue, less brain fog and no buzzing. I, and I, I don't miss the buzzing. Yeah. I, I'm good without the buzzing. Like, you know. <laughs> so how long was it before you were diagnosed? Did you say five years? Yeah, because I started to feel awful in 2009. So actually it was really around the end of 2013 and I went to the LLMD. So it was really more 2014. Okay. So... So you've been, it's almost a year in treatment now, right? Uh, yeah, it's a little, little under a year. Yeah, very cool. Well, do you think that you're going to get better? I mean, what, what pe- some people are like, oh, you never get better. Some people are, uh, I'm going to get better. Some people, I'm cured. Some people think I'm never going to be cured. What do, you, what do you think? I just want to beat it back enough so that I can function. Yeah. Because from everything I'm reading, like, I know that there are people who say I've ha- I had Lyme, mm-hmm. which I don't really get that. I mean, it seems like it, it sticks around in, you know, but the question is how symptomatic are you? Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I want to get to the point where I'm I get as much function back as possible. I'll just say that, yeah. you know, cause, cause I don't really know, like, is it? I mean, just considering that, if I had been treated whenever I was first infected, maybe, you know, I could have wiped it out completely. But I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough question. I I, I think, just want to beat it back. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely. I think almost everybody can beat it back. I mean, there's some rare cases where there's just so much going on and so many co-infections and that it's really, really tough. But I think most people can, at the very least, beat it back. And then I do think some people, you know, are able to kill most of the bugs. You know, their immune system cleans it out finally. I do think that's That would possible. be awesome. That would be amazing. I, I have that um, that defect on the MTHFR. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of like a prerequisite to have chronic Lyme. Oh. <laughs> I really do. I think there's something about the way the Lyme works and that defect. And the, oh, the, the other thing, it's not a defect. A third of the people have it. That's like saying red hair is a defect, you know, or curly hair is a defect. It's not a defect. Uh-oh, I have both of those too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's just right. it, it just works differently, you know. you It just works differently. And you can't supplement with over-the-counter B vitamins. I mean, that's really the – from what I can tell. So – Anyway, I, I don't mean to jump on you on that one, but it's not, it's not a defect. It's just people, everybody's a little bit different. And, and so you just have to figure out. I mean, that's one thing about this crazy disease is it makes you really go to work, go to school, grad school on, uh, on, on what your health requirements are. Limeology. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, for most people, you know, okay, so I won't eat a whole half gallon of ice cream tonight and I'll be all right. And uh, this is a whole right. no, whole nother level of health. No, I know. It's, it's weird. And then there's like these different, I was talking to someone and there are these different, um, everybody's got an opinion. Mm-hmm. No. And then if you ask people for advice, like, 
it might be something different than what your doctor's doing. Yep. You know, and then they'll tell you, well, no, this is all wrong. Right. You know, and you'll be, and then you'll get all nervous and then, you know, or some other people will say, well, this is bad. And other people will say, like the herbal people are like, well, antibiotics are terrible. Mm-hmm. And the antibiotics people are like, herbals don't work. And it just seems like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, my, my take. So my background is I'm an acupuncturist and, um, I use herbs to treat because I can't prescribe antibiotics. So I, I use the tools that I have available to me. And, you know, if, if you've got, it's, I think it's important to find somebody you trust and can work with as a, as a physician patient relationship or healer patient relationship and then follow them until you stop getting better and then find another one. I mean, I think it's, you know, the transition times are a little bit tough and, but you can't, you can't follow eight different people pulling you in eight different directions. It's just, it's not going to work. It's true. It's like getting dating advice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your best friend and maybe that's about it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone will tell you something different. Yeah. I keep trying to get my dermatologist to do a study on, you know, find out how many of his patients have had Lyme because he only has people like me who have all these allergies. That would be super interesting. He won't do it. He's like a real, he's very good at what he does when he's a Western doctor. You know, I don't, I don't know what his whole stance on Lyme is. I'm trying to change his mind. <laughs> I work on him a little bit at every appointment. Good for you. Good for you. That's, but, that's what it's going to take. It's funny because Western medicine is so reductionist it's the they they have their little worlds it's like i don't do that i mean i i run into to patients and have doctors that say well even orthopedics it's like well i don't do hips you know i don't do knees i do backs you know i do the left thumb kind of thing so right right and you're they, like but right, it's, it's all a bone like yeah, right. just, yeah it's all attached you know we've never seen a knee walk in by itself right? <laughs> There's always a human. That being. would be a little frightening, actually. <laughs> it totally would. But it, but that type of thinking, it's at some point they're not curious anymore. It's like, unless it's in a specific area, you know, anything outside, uh, it may just be overwhelmed from their point. You know, it's like they can't handle more information coming from outside, especially something that would upset the apple cart. I think it takes a special. It takes a special doctor, and it seems to take a doctor also who either has had the problem themselves or somebody in their family, and all of a sudden then they get curious again. That's a good point. Yeah, because you had Lyme, right? Or you? Yep. yep. Yeah. So Mildly. Before you had Lyme, like, were you aware of Lyme, or were you kind of? My only. Only in the very outskirts. I mean, I knew nothing. I knew it existed, and I knew it had something to do with a tick and a bullseye rash. And that's all that's I knew. Ex- yeah, that's exactly right. the same. Yeah. Now I feel like there should be so much awareness. It should be like, yeah. I, mean, I remember in the 90s how much awareness there was around safe sex and HIV. Yep. You know, it should be the same about tick safety. Like There should be like a, a sign in every park. Like I know someone who got it in Brooklyn. Really downtown. In the Brooklyn, huh? Yeah, in yeah. the Brooklyn Botanical Garden. Yeah. It's everywhere. You know, because we think that, you know, we think that, um, oh, you know, we're, we're in, you know, we're, we're in New York City, you know, it's not as bad as other parts of New York or, you know, Massachusetts or, you know, the rest of New England, but you can still, 
you can get it from a Christmas tree. I mean, <laughs> 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 I read that somewhere. Like someone got lime from their Christmas tree. Yeah, you know, I'm only laughing because it never occurred to me before. No, it's, it's horrible. Like, it's, it's totally horrible. true. It's like, oh god. Yeah, no, I know someone that got it at her wedding because the photographer wanted to take a picture in a Outside. field. Yep. Because she had an outdoor wedding. She thought, oh, it would be so cool to have an outdoor wedding. Yep. And it's like, oh. Yeah, no. well, that's, it's, that's the truth is, you know, the, these bacteria have been around forever. They've always been around, and we, we've ignored them for the past 30 or 50 years or something. And it just, I think with the advent of penicillin and the other antibiotics, it's just like, well, if it wasn't going to kill you like Ebola, then it's really not a problem. Exactly. Like, you know, if it like, doesn't kill you, it just sort of makes you, you know, it just makes, it just makes you feel like you want to die pretty much. So I was just like lying there on the couch like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, it just, yeah. it just makes you just sort of lie there moaning and then, you know, maybe occasionally you'll have a seizure and I don't know. It's just like, uh, it, you it, can't remember anything. It's right. like, it just makes you miserable. I mean, I guess in some cases it kills people, but, it, yeah, you know, it, I guess it, it goes to your heart, but. Um, and then, and then some people, some people take their own lives because of the disease. Yeah, I read really, about that. Yeah, it's yeah, really sad. Yeah, that's a big. I mean, but um, but yeah, it doesn't kill you in a week like Ebola. And it was weird because during the summer, I was thinking about like everyone I talked to was freaking out about Ebola. Right. And it was it, it was the summer, and you know these people are going on. They're going away. They're going on biking trips. One was going on a biking trip in um, Montauk, mm-hmm. Long Island, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, do you realize, you know, that your risk of Lyme disease is a lot bigger than your risk of Ebola, you know? And yeah. she's like, oh, is it? I was like, oh, it's bad. There just needs to be so much more education. Yeah, well, one one of the things you could do uh, herbally and uh, prophylactically is take astragalus, and that's that. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that. that's supposed to be pretty good at at early onset and help you fight it back if you do get a do get a bite that you don't know about or that you do know about. That's great to know. Do, do those um, herbal ticker pollens work? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Um, the herbal tick repellents, the thing with the herbals is they do tend to wear off, so they need to be reapplied frequently as opposed okay. to the permethrin, which you kind of spray on your socks or your shoes, and that stays put for – that can even go through the wash and still be effective. Um, but, yes, they are effective. There are some – but then you're exposing yourself to permethrin. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, if you put it on your clothing and not so much on you, it's, you know – Right. There's nothing completely safe. Yeah. No, I have no. a little bit of, um, I don't have MCS, but I have kind of a mild case of MCS. So I was reading, I read a lot of MCS blogs just about pesticides and mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just seemed like, oh, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? Just have to avoid grass for the rest of my life, you know, yeah. just, just only walk on concrete. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, right. Then you want to get the, the essential oil repellent and just make sure you use plenty of it. Yeah. That's all. Because it does evaporate and just wear off. But other, you know, but yeah, they work. You know, they do work. Do you have a brand that you like? Uh, no. 
actually, not for the tick repellent. Oh, okay. I've had some people make up various mixtures, and to be honest with you, off the top of my head, I forget the oil. I'll have to look that up, and I'll put that in the show notes. But it's you know it's kind of like brewing up your green tea and uh, uh, apple cider vinegar. You know, it's, it's, you get a carrier oil and and some drops of the essential oil and um, put in a spray bottle, and it's it's better than nothing. That's for sure. Right. It's been delightful talking with you. Well, you too. And I want to give you a chance to kind of finish up. And well, first of all, why don't you give folks your uh, website address again and anywhere else your own social media that you'd like that people can find you because you do your cartoons are wonderful your sense of humor oh is thank you hysterical thank you um okay so it's misdiagnoses it's m-i-s-s-d-i-a-g-n-o-s-e-s dot com and i'm spelling it again because there's that misdiagnosis person. Yes. <laughs> and then I'm on Twitter also. It's just miss, um, and then there's a underscore diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on Pinterest also, just misdiagnoses. And I haven't really gotten around to doing a Facebook yet. There's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. Terrific. And is there anything else you want to end up with? Um, I, I could, I mean, I could talk about the anonymity thing if you want, or or I could talk, or not, or I could talk about. Did you no, want to ask me anything about? Yeah, no, let's or? do that. that. That's a really good point. I forgot about that. Let's do that a little bit. One reason why we don't have your name up here is you want to stay anonymous, and so we're using your nom de plume misdiagnoses. And why? Why is that? Just with the whole political climate around Lyme, I really didn't want to. You know, like my, I don't know that my doctor writes Lyme on my diagnosis codes. Really? Yeah, I think he probably writes something else for the, because he's giving me long-term antibiotics. Right. So I just didn't want to, just because of the whole political climate around Lyme, I just didn't want to, you know, you know, I, I I don't really know what would happen. I just, um, it it could be, I mean, there could be problems. I have heard of people running into problems. And the other people who've had no problems, but right. I just, I'm just really following what my, it yeah, because they do actually, I mean, I did hear of a case for a woman who had, I don't know what she was on for something, for some kind of mental illness. It might have been severe depression and someone like looked at her Facebook and they were trying to deny her um, coverage. This was a regular insurance coverage um, company. They were trying to deny her coverage of her depression medication because she was like smiling in the picture or something like that. Her friend was taking her out. Yeah, I, I think she Busted. was. But yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, you're not depressed. You had you you managed you to smile. smile. You know. Yeah. For, for a picture. But, but they do actually. I That's mean, the insane. workers' compensation. They do actually spy on people. I, I know someone that you know. A uh, person came to her house and took a, a picture of her. Uh huh. You know, it's very. Um, it's it's pretty messed up. I yeah. mean, it's just kind of... The politics around Lyme are just insane right now. Gasoline and matches, huh? Exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had like a big explosion. That well, we won't want. out you on this show. All right, it was great talking to you. 
I love this interview. Reading her blog, uh, trying, just trying to get ready for this, for this pub, for the publication for the blog post. Well, besides it was great. I really love how she takes the time and energy to illustrate her life. It just makes it. Her cartoons are really yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're they? pretty good and yeah. she's funny. So it was just a, a great pleasure to read and get ready for this. But what really struck me was her blog post for the Lyme Awareness Month where she had a little cartoon of a doctor who said, you have a few little positives on the Western blot, but I don't think it means anything. And that's just such a sad running theme for a lot of the stories that I've been coming across for Lyme We've heard that one more than once, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that doctors really don't follow the CDC guidelines, which say that Lyme disease is a clinical diagnosis, but instead they uh, punt, they fall back and default to the test. And so if the test doesn't have all the bands that it's supposed to, you can't have Lyme disease. Yeah, it's just, it's just really sad. Anyway. It is sad. However, times are changing and our next guest, Dr. Holly Ahern, Next week, really shed some light into the situation, the politics of it, as well as the technical aspects of testing. And it sounds hopeful, so be sure you tune in next week. And in the meantime, if you have feedback for us, please send us an email. At feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. And like us on Facebook. Oh, it changed, I've changed up the way the posts show up on our website a little bit. So there are tabs now. It should be easier to navigate. So be sure on the conversation tab, go ahead and click the like button on Facebook. It helps get the word out. And then leave a, leave a comment and start a conversation. I'll be sure to answer you there. And our website, Aurora? Is LimeNinjaRadio.com. Oh. Visit there for links and show notes. Show notes, yep. And subscribe on iTunes and... And Stitcher. And lastly, the Lime Ninja fact of the day. Ninjas can hear sign language. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.